Hey, Cam. Yes, Don. Do you ever think about how crammed your trailer is when you go race? Dude, all the time. Race cars, golf carts, jets, power wheels, and all of his toys, his little dirt bikes, his strider bikes, all that stuff. I'm crammed. But I'm sure everybody in motorsports is feeling the same way. Well, now our audience has someone to call. They need to call Lance at lbtrailers.com. Lance is carrying over 70 motorsports haulers in stock options from top to bottom. We always talk about looking the part in motorsports, traveling up and down the road and at the track. Now you can look the part with LB Trailer Sales. Go to online to lbtrailers.com or stop by Facebook at LB Trailer Sales. You have a friend in the trailer business and make sure to tell them that Racers and Rental Cars sent you. Let's put it up for the weekend warriors. It's the Racers and Rental Cars podcast with your host, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Bray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Thank you for downloading today's episode of Racers and Rental Cars Podcast, brought to you by MotionRaceworks.com. Stop by MotionRaceworks.com for all of your high-performance needs. If you need to go fast, MotionRaceworks.com. What's up, West Coast Cam? A lot. It's a Saturday or week. Well, I don't even know what day it is. Tuesday, but this will come out on Saturday before Pomona. So there's a lot going on. Uh, yes, very much so. Very much so. But the good thing about it is, is you said that you had some good news. I do, but I can't divulge it yet. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's just like, it is just like everybody that had, I, I love Nitro Mater that everybody has all these great, secret news. Oh, no, God. I honestly would, but on it, I don't even know how to word it quite yet because the phone call literally happened like three and a half minutes ago so oh i still need to put the wheel the gears in motion yeah so. cam you got this stuff down in the fact that like i'll watch you know like mike greenberg you know on the espn shows and stuff get up and all that and like he'll give a teaser and after that you'll find out later but stay stay tuned find stay out tuned. yes stay yes. tuned in next and week's then you episode into the, the show and you still don't give it or you gotta come back tomorrow yeah, I, I will, but I will tell everybody that yes, it uh, sounds like I will be racing top fuel at Pomona. So there you well, go. There we today go. was a good day. Today was a good day in Cali. Yeah, we'll, we'll get uh, we'll get JT to play Ice Cube in the background. <laughs> yes, please. Oh <laughs> uh, well, hey, we, I mean, we're just kicking the door right off, folks. We are truly blessed to have a three-time. Top Fuel NHRA, and probably one of the most um, well-known on across the news platforms of <laughs> media outlets, uh, Mr. Good, Larry yeah. Dixon on the show How with us today. Thank you for uh, having me on your show. I dig the name of your show, Racers in Rental Cars, but I don't have a rental car. So I figured I'd come to the shop. Have my rent a backseat ride car in the background, so that way it's 
somewhat rental. Yeah, right. You got the ultimate. You got the ultimate rental ride. You don't have to downplay it. Absolutely not. Yeah, there is definitely I gotta, I no. I had to take room. a screenshot of that. So yeah, there is. It so everybody can see it. Yes, yes, that has to yeah. be. Uh, we're going to use that for our thumbnail. Absolutely. Yeah. So Brian and JT will be happy that we had a thumbnail for the background for social media this week. Larry, so we have, because you like the name of, I'm glad you like the name of the show. Uh, but because of that name of the show and us being a motorsports marketing podcast and business wise, we have a very diverse audience. So we constantly get people that tell us, Hey, they only go round and round in circles and they're not into the drag racing thing and are going in straight lines or whatever the case is. We got people in Australia that listen to the, to the podcast. So give our listeners a quick 30 second bio of Mr. Larry Dixon. You want me to give it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Gosh, nothing better than from the horse's mouth. You know no what I'm saying? Shit right there. Just go. Th- 30 seconds. Me. Um, uh, bless. Like, yeah, I pretty much piss excellence. I don't know. That. <laughs> <laughs> If I was, I wouldn't be behind bars. <laughs> but uh, just just a, a kid that grew up in drag racing. I'm not a kid anymore, but I. Uh, but because my dad raced, uh, um, all I've ever wanted to do is grow up and race top fuel cars like my dad did. And getting that opportunity and being in some really great cars and be able to be a part of uh, a, a lot of uh, a lot of good times at the drag strip, and then it, it just. You never know where life's going to take you. Got new things going on. Um, but just a, a guy that digs uh, drag racing and uh, d- done a lot in top fuel, but that, that isn't all I've done. I mean, I got my Chevy 2 in the background. So I'm a hot rod guy, you know, and just uh, go quick and slow. And But it, as long as it makes noise, I'm into it. That's you know what's really cool about his his elevator pitch there? The guy is a three-time top fuel world champion, which I... I, I dream of winning rounds in top field. Mind you, the guy's won more more races than he can even count. And he's over here saying, ah, you know, it's not what defines me. I, I'm just a car guy. Now that, my friends, is how you introduce yourself. Oh, and can I've, you- I've, and, and I'm not like this is this is me. Like I I I love everything that I've done, but like it, and I've, I've been blessed on the racetrack, you know, even having the crazy stuff. And we'll talk about some of it later. Um, but I'm, but I'm, st- I'm still, I'm still here, but I don't want that to be like on my headstone. It's like, I've been married for 21 years. I got three kids, you know, and, and, and I, like being a parent and, and I know Cam, I'm seeing you on social media and, and uh, do you want everybody to think you're just a race car driver? Do you want somebody to say that you're a badass parent? Like, Hell yeah. I, that, I would much rather be a badass parent. Because than... that's what lasts. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember, um, and I still get the newsletters from RFC Racers for yeah. Pride. And they have a small thing. This won't take long, I promise. But <laughs> there was, I, I'm at the uh, uh, ropes uh, in, uh, when I'm working for Perdome. And there was a kid that came up to Don Perdome when I was driving for him, and this is the story as I didn't know about it until I read it in the newsletter. But the, as it was, a kid come up to Don Perdome and ask Perdome if it had a pin. And, and so the, the kid, uh, Snake says, yeah, sure. And he pulls a pin out and the kid grabs a pin and says, great, thanks. 
and takes a pin over to me and has me sign, you know, <laughs> like, and, and what the story, it, because the kid don't know, like Don Prudhomme and all the greatness that he did, right? In his, in their time, it was what I was doing, but like you're, yeah. you're left. And, and that's what the whole story was about in RFC is it's like, you know, your time on the track is, you know, or on the court or whatever it is, is so short. And so like, um, you don't want that to be your legacy because that, that's not going to be very long. I mean, you're on this earth for who knows how long. Um, but I want it to be because I'm a badass parent or yeah, whatever else. Like to me, that would be the greatest thing that could be on my headstone is being a great parent, you, you know, number one, um, having fun and doing some of this other stuff with the race car, uh, being part of great teams. It's great, but I don't want that to be everything about me. That's awesome. I mean, put a stamp on that. All right. So moving right along now that Larry won life again. Exactly. So, I mean, um, <laughs> the, the whole thing is, is that it's, you know, as all of, it seems like, well, I'm going this weekend, uh, as everybody else will be racing in Orlando and getting ready for Pomona and so forth. I'm going to be getting on a plane tomorrow to travel to San Antonio, Texas to watch my daughter graduate basic training from the air force and for me watching her make her own life decisions and move forward and so forth i could totally agree even though they're not always the decisions that i would want her to make but nonetheless she's making her own way and you get that sense of pride or so forth don't know that necessarily i'm gonna get the badass parent award on my headstone uh but that's what 23 years in the military will give you but nonetheless i i totally get it i don't want to be I don't want to be remembered as a, a race, just a race car driver. That's, I mean, for sure. I'd like to leave my mark on something else other than uh, just being about being at the racetrack. So that's that's really cool that to hear someone else who, as he humbly says, "Oh, I've had good times." Sixty-two of them, my friend. Number two on the list. How, so, so you know, when I sit over here and 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 I'm doing all the research and I'm sitting here going. Last time you were on track was in 15, right? Well, Full, full-time uh, season? I, you know, race, I, I did a couple races with the dotes. You know, th- they were in between uh, drivers and wanted me to, like, assess their car. You know, so I went to two or three events with them. Um, di- did my stint with uh, a bandage griff. Done a little bit with Rapis Artists. Um, and then uh, had my own car. Um and 17 but that really it was kind of more of a test you know than anything so but like being in a car with you know rolling in with a chance to win probably um you know vandegris i guess in 15 yeah yeah five five years i know (laughs) five years you're still number two on the list and it's gonna take them a long time to get to you so I, I, I mean, I, I mean, I know it's, it's just when I sat there and was looking at the numbers of the people that are behind you that are, that are still, they're not active anymore. And, you know, like you're talking about the kid and the pin and the rope, they were, they're people that, that I grew up with, if you will, at what they were doing at their period in time. And here it is, you got John Force and you got you, and then it's a long way before anybody can't even remotely see your coattail. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, it, it's just numbers. I, I uh, um, and 
when I'm driving and racing and you're out there and you're competing, you know, like whether it's for position or for that round, you know, and then you're racing for wins. So uh, there, there is a competitive edge with you. And, and when you're racing your peers, you know, like you pass Corey Mack or Gary Selzy and you're racing these guys, you know, like that's a big deal. When I passed Don Garlitz, I didn't want to pass Don Garlitz <laughs> because he was so high on my hero list. And I didn't even think it's fair because like when he, in all his glory years, I mean, think about when he was touring in the sixties, right? There's oh, yeah. four and he could win all four and it's just four, you know, like it, it's, he could sweep the whole year, you know? Uh, Perdome, you know, had his great, you know, funny car years and stuff like that. Won seven out of eight and was in the final of the eighth, you know, but it's, it, it's seven, you know, now there's 24. So it's like, if you get on a roll, I mean, you can stack the numbers up a lot. And I don't, it, it's not, it's not fair, you know, from, from that standpoint, because, you know, maybe a winning percentage or something like that would stack you differently. You know, like for me, you know, Garlitz is still, you know, the, the guy, you know, it was, uh, um, it, he was, I, I didn't know about any other racing, didn't know about Richard Petty or nothing like it. it was just, and, and really didn't know a whole lot other than, other than top fuel because my dad raised top fuel and that was, that was it. So it was like, darn Garlitz, wherever he showed up, he kind of pretty much seemed like he won. So it was like <laughs> the guy <laughs> and he built awesome. it, he tuned it, he drove it down the, the highway, like he did everything, you know, like it was just, he's, that's why he's the number one guy, you know, when, you know, back in the, the 50th uh, year of NHRA, he got, he got voted number one and everybody else probably feels the same way about him. <laughs> this is completely off topic, but when you said, when you mentioned your dad, so little backstory, when I was, I don't know, hell, I was probably 11 or 12, maybe even a little three, younger. There two, was a three years, three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like two, three years ago. <laughs> long, long time ago. Um, I, it's all good. I still look like I'm 12. So it's all good. 15. Um, yeah. Okay. On a good day. I did my hair today. So uh, yeah, yeah, I, I noticed you didn't have to tell me that you had somebody yeah. in your classroom evaluating. Today. Yeah. I could tell you. Yeah, the somebody. dean was there today. I had to do my hair. Even yeah. my students were like, dude, you're not wearing a hat. Whoa. Yeah, exactly. So, anyways. When you said your dad, it reminded me of when I was a kid, I had this picture of your dad on my wall. It was an eight by 10 framed deal that oh, a family friend of ours got it. Um, I grew up, my best friend is, is Tyler Bainey, who is Lou Bainey's um, grandson, which Perdome and you probably have heard the Bainey name and all that. Well, they got me this picture and it wasn't a picture of your dad in a top fuel car. It was a picture of your dad and he had this world's fastest hot rod at the time or it was blue and it was some blown oh 55 Chevy yeah it was something that was didn't look like it should be along on the street at all <laughs> and and it was it was your dad and it was I mean he had full get up and had the roll cage and everything but I feel like I want to say it was the convertible and I had a oh god I wish I could find it. it's probably somewhere up in my parents rafters or whatever but it said to Cameron like they had it signed by your dad and oh, yeah, cool. and it, I had it on my wall when I was a kid and I just thought it was the coolest picture because the thing's all arched up and just going, it was on a track. Um, but they, I want to say they called it like the world's fastest hot rod or something. 
It was blue, I remember. And I want to say it almost looked somewhat like an altered, but it wasn't an altered. But I don't know. I wish I could find it. But anyway, I just thought you'd, you'd he, enjoy that. Well, it was a, uh, um, there's one car that was called the Fireside Inn Roadster that, that, um, it may or may not have been at the, it, yeah. I have no idea. Um, but, but it was the world's fastest roadster at the time. And this car Probably was, was for competition eliminator, but because it ran on top, it had a top fuel motor in it. And so yeah. like and Penny Nuffin, one, yeah. all that, you, he'd run it in top fuel. And, uh, and it, it, I mean, it ran in the sixties, it ran sixes, you know? So it was, uh, it, yeah. it, it did good. And I think now it goes to the, uh, Bucky Austin owns it now. And, and so it'll go to the cackle events. And things okay. Like yeah. No, I just so, always thought it was really cool. Cause they, they got it signed and all, I mean, obviously this was years ago and stuff, but I thought you'd like that. That's Your awesome. dad was on my wall when I was a kid. So anyway. Very cool. Very cool. He was on my wall. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> no kidding, right? Exactly. So, Larry, let's. You, you talked about the fact of of coming up through the ranks and and wins and being competitive and and so forth. You've had the the privilege of driving for some. You've already mentioned Perdome, but you you've had the privilege of driving some for some pretty badass owners over the over the span of, of your time. Let's let's go with for sure. Let's go with one tidbit about Perdome that our listeners wouldn't know, and one tidbit about Alan Johnson. Just oh one thing gosh. that would be surprising about to to our listeners, our audience, about each one of those. Uh, they're I, they're both very intense, but polar opposites um, in how they show their emotions, and and uh, I mean, and that that's the one thing I liked about. Uh, racing for both of them um just you know really serious wanting to show up they wanted to have all the never testing at the track ever i mean it was you know you show up at the track you pull in the gate and it's like you know they want to they both want to be low et every single session and um driving for somebody like that that's it was good nah, it just i don't even know um i i you forced me to think and as a driver you're not supposed to think so <laughs> you just uh um they're just both very very intense and but <laughs> polar opposites on how they uh how they show it i was gonna i was gonna ask you so we had uh talked about alan johnson last year and his quote unquote smirk that he has when he's got that when when something is going his way uh and it's not a smile it's just kind of a smirk. It's got like a little cheekbone raise. Uh, and it's always just been kind of his tell that, I mean, he's not one to smile a lot. You don't get a lot of emotion out of him when the camera's around or the microphone is. So is there, is there a time that you can recall where, where you saw some sort of emotion out of, uh, out of AJ that you weren't expecting? Caught you off guard. Um, no, no, Showing emo, if he showed emotion, that would catch me off guard. <laughs> he he's pretty low key, and it's like you watch some of the old diamond uh, diamond P tapes. Uh, you know, with him and his brother racing, um, he had a, there was a lot of emotion, and it's you know the, the two brothers going out it, beating up on everybody else, and they're definitely the underdogs. Um, and it and you could see it was it was probably a little bit different. 
um, then, you know, kind of more family, obviously operation than, than some of the other deals, you know, whether it's the army or a whole Middle East country that you're racing for, wh- whatever the case, it, a little bit different. Um, but he, now he, he's, again, he, he could have four aces in a poker game <laughs> and it just, eh, you know, what I mean? it's just, yeah, you ain't getting you ain't getting any, you ain't get much out of them. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that actually is. Uh, that's a that's a good one, Larry. Let's talk a little bit about the changes in the in the marketplace as far as sponsorships and marketing partnerships. You've had some stellar uh, relationships. Uh, the ones that that come right to mind are are Miller your Miller light deal that you had for so long and uh, the U S smokeless tobacco program. Those are the two that, that come to mind. Uh, yeah, I always use the, 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 the Larry Dixon uh, sponsorships are, are no more. <laughs> I always, I always modeled your deal as like the pinnacle of my generation of like, okay, you want to be that guy. I mean, they, they were, they were awesome when they were, were there. I mean, obviously they, they, uh, tobacco kind of pretty much got legislated out. Well, right. Uh, but the the thing that was uh, unique about U.S. Smokeless, why they stayed in it longer than everybody else, is because all the other tobacco companies at the time signed that master settlement agreement. You know, and and uh, U.S. Smokeless didn't. You know, so that they still they didn't have the name Skull out there. They just kept U.S. Smokeless. And they kept going with it when all the others, I mean, like the Marlboro cars with Penske, you know, it just said Team Penske on it. Still had the Chevron and the, and the colors, but it didn't have it. And then, uh, and what kind of did it in for U.S. Smokeless, they ended up getting bought out by Philip Morris slash out uh-huh. and, and so then once they were underneath that umbrella, it was over. But um, it's, uh, that they, they were, I mean, it was a big deal. And obviously w- with Miller, Miller Brewing, you know, they've been bought you know, a few times, uh, and acquired. And now it's, uh, you know, it's Coors and Miller. And I mean, it's all under one roof and, and Budweiser's tied in with them as well. And it's, it's, it's just, it's a different marketplace and you have companies outside of, you know, uh, you know European brands or South African brands owning, and, and they definitely look at, advertising a little bit different than you know what what has gone on i think traditionally in america so you kind of see them all scaled back i mean gosh even you know budweiser i mean they used to do some pretty um wild commercials and the fight the frogs or whatever else that they had going on i mean there was a lot of stuff they would do and you don't see any of that stuff anymore everything's very you know a lot more low-key and reserved Unfortunately, I feel like I blame social media on that. You know, it, to think, to, could you imagine being having the deal that you had for so long and, and such a big, iconic brand and all that, having to do it with social media now? How much, if have you ever thought like how different it would have played out? You know, because you were basically, let's face it, you were like the one of the main spokes people for Miller for a very, very long time, right? So now, I mean, there's really nobody, right? Is his K- Kalowski or whatever? Yeah, Kalowski is still, still bad. Is yep, he still have it? Yeah, it. yeah, yeah he's got it. And, I mean, they don't even, you know, it's hard to find a company even in NASCAR that does a full season. You know, right. they, yeah. they, they've cut, oh, yeah. cut back as well too. It's just 
um, the, the amount of money and, and, and when you were talking about economics and, and stuff, I mean, our first year with Miller versus the last year with Miller, the, the, but you know, the amount of races, I want to say that like six or eight races got added and the entire budget doubled, you know, in, in the 12 year span. So and then all of a sudden it, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't such there are different numbers and it was harder to go after those numbers. And you kind of see that uh, a, l- a little bit more in racing. And if you just, if you, and me, because I'm not out there all the time, you, you kind of look at the, um, the landscape and, and it's, it's a lot, it's a lot harder to find them. You, you know, man, it's, it's hard to, hard to find the money. And uh, you're, you're talking about 24 events versus 16 or 18 events. And, and, um, and you're impl- you know, when I started, there was, well, gosh, you know, when I started at Perdomes, there was four of us on the team, uh, <laughs> on the whole team. And we were quick too. And we could service the car. And, and now it's like, you've got eight to 10 on a team. So oh, you're yeah. talking about payroll and you're talking about rooms and you're talking about travel and it just, all those numbers kind of quantify. And so when you're going out there looking, you know, for money, they ask you, you know, and you got to shoot them a price, man. It's it's a lot different than than it once was. You know, it's like that's you know not to wish for a scaled down you know season, but you know like how they pulled pro stock back to eighteen. I'm looking at it going, man, that that might actually help some of the teams, and it seems like it did. Some of the ones that said they couldn't afford to go to twenty four, they're going to eighteen now. You mm-hmm. know, and it's like, wow, I wonder if that same thing had happened on that, but. But I don't know that NHRA's business model. Obviously, it's it's different than NHRA or the the team's business model. You know, like they right. need to go to more events and they need to go. They need to keep the steamroller going, right? Yeah. But but yeah. like if there was less events, you know, would there be more people at less events? Would there be would the title rights uh, for the actual race? You know, would that command more money if there was less opportunities? Um, I mean, those right. are all things you have to think about. And just where it just depends on where you're at in the tree, you know, like, yeah. are you, are you, are you a team owner to make a profit or are you a team or are you the opposite side? Are you NHRA looking to sell more races to get more money and revenue there? I, you know, it just depends who you talk to, I guess, but I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's a tough deal. And I don't know that anybody has the right. And I remember when I was touring, you you get a reporter or something. What would you do if you were running the NHRA? And it's like, man, I ha- I got no idea because I don't even want to speak on that because I can only speak from my position. You know, like right. the, the issues that I personally have. You know, I, I am yeah, I. You only I see can't? what you want to see. You know, yeah. it's, I yeah. I tell I used to tell people like I'm not steering the ship. I'm just one of the oars in the water. You know, like just you know I'm paddling. You know, and you and you you want the whoever's in charge. Um, you know, to be steering the ship in the direction, to be able to take everybody along for the ride, make it uh, right. And I don't, I don't know, I don't know what's right. I know, uh, um, I, I know it needs, uh, it needs help. So there's, you know, full teams and everybody not, you know, begging and starving and, and, and some of that. It's, it, it's a, it's a tough deal, man. It's tough. I really, I, I feel really blessed for the the time that I had and the, and the, the deals that I did have and the crew chiefs and the teams mm-hmm. that I did get to be a part of, man, it was, uh, um, I, you know, how old were you when you, uh, like 
debuted in top field like when you're a rookie? Oh gosh, I was uh, 29. So nice. Um, yeah, that, <laughs> that nowadays, <laughs> you, I mean, you can get in a car a lot younger, but but then it was yeah. But even um, still, there's really not anybody though. I mean, like, I, I, I'm considered young, and I'm 34. You know, you know, on 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 my like my you know ramp up bio, it's like. You know, I graduated from high school. It took me two years before I could get a, somebody to let me crew on their car, you know. So I go from pit crewing and, and I, you know, hopped around to a few different teams and then uh, ended up at Snakes and then, you know, raced with him when he was driving funny cars. Then he moved to dragsters. And then, you know, you know, fortunate for me, um, you know, he wanted to stay racing and uh, and I got to license in the car and the licensing, all that went really good. And, uh, and he sold it to Miller because it was like, even after I had my license and did really good through all of that process, still didn't have a sponsor. And it's like, I know how that goes. It's like, I wasn't, <laughs> you, know, like, <laughs> count not, you know, counting on any of it. And it just so happened, right place, right time. And, and uh, uh, Miller, you know, they were looking to get back in the sport. You know, they were in it for a while with Larry Meyer, Ed McCullough, Dick LaHaye and all of that. And then uh, they got out of it for a few years and then, you know, a new group comes in and they wanted to dive back in. It was just, again, just right place, right time thing. So I uh, feel very, uh, very fortunate to uh, have done awesome. it. But, but yeah. then again, it's like, I, I went, I, I quit crewing and, and went and drove full time like alcohol. Um, and uh, for John Mitchell, you know, back early nineties, uh, he had the Montana express cars. You know, did, did alcohol for a while, and then he moved into top fuel with Rubnick and, you know, a, a few other guys as well, um, driving it in fuel. Uh, and then uh, went back to work crewing for snakes. I can make money, like, and I had bills that I had to pay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I went back and, you know, like, just, I don't know, that not hoping that I would get a ride from snake, but I literally needed uh, uh, a job, you know, and, I, and I, I dug being on the road. I dig drag racing, right? obviously going <laughs> and still trying to do this. So, um, you know, I, I dig it a lot and it just, it just kind of worked out that, uh, was able to get on with Miller. And then even then it's like your, your career, all that, it's all very dependent on, well, how long your deal is. I mean, like, like Tony's, uh, Schumacher's going through with the, you know, his deal, you know, he's looking for another deal to replace army. He's with army for 20 some odd years. And, you know, trying to replace that deal and get back out there. And it's like, does he want to retire? No, he doesn't want to retire. But, you know, you're like, forced fine. into it. Yep. Yeah. You're, it's, and, and that's kind of happened with everybody, it seems like, you know, whether it's talking about Shirley or Garlitz or, you know, some yep. of the other ones, it's kind of, um, you know, Snake retiring on his terms is he's one of the few that's really got to do that. So yep. it's, uh, it's a tough gig. Hi, how, how well, or let's say, how big did your head get that you've got Don the Snake Perdome pitching you to, <laughs> Mil to Miller? I, I mean, let, let's honestly think about how many drivers actually have legends that are, that are pitching an up-and-comer, a nobody, to, to a major company to come be part of a deal. I mean, seriously, who's, who's going to tell him no? Well, how big? Well, obviously, you don't know Snake to think that uh, my head would get big in the same pit area <laughs> with Don. Don, like it, it's uh, and I'm I'm 
<laughs> all I'm saying is, is that that's not a problem. Yeah, that wasn't a problem. <laughs> so it, it just, uh, um, I, and it was, uh, um, it was cool. I mean, a lot of people talked about, gosh, you got pressure, you know, like you're driving for the snake, but it was like, yeah, but I got snake in my corner, you know, like he's helping, you know, like I'm not competing against him, you know, like I'm trying to help the cause, you know, he put we're, the we're trying to, you. we're trying to steal all the money in the trophies. So it's like, you know, having that guy in your corners, uh, it's, it was good. And, you know, sitting on the tailgate, going down the return road after a run, after he ran for, you know, I did that for like seven years before I started driving for him. And it, and it was sporting uh, the sickest mullet on the planet, might I add. Yeah, I, I, I could have made a really uh, good NHL player. <laughs> yes. Yes. And he, and he probably would have been happy if we have went the whole podcast and not brought up his mullet. Dude, are oh, you kidding me? There's a bunch of crew guys that have them again. It's I red. I love it. Oh, love God. it. I, I tell people I had a mullet when it was cool, and hopefully I cut it off before it went. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, my, my dad had one, and half the time when he doesn't get a haircut, he looks like he still got one. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, uh, that was fun. I, you know, growing up in this, I mean, you guys are uh, Southern California, and, uh, I, uh, I grew up in the San Fernando Valley and then, you know, I'd go over to the hill over into Hollywood and that was kind of uh, all the hair bands, all that stuff was going on there. Right. So it's like hanging out at, uh, uh, you know, on sunset and going, my, my, it turned out I didn't know him at the time until, uh, uh, started going there, but Ricky Rackman from Headbangers Ball, if, if anybody's old enough to remember that, he had a club called the, uh, the Cat House. Um, used to go there and it was just, it was just fun times. And that was just torn jeans and wallets and, <laughs> Hell yeah. and all of that. So it was fun. So saw a lot of bands. It was a, uh, it was a good time. Oh my God. What's your favorite band now? My favorite band now. Um, gosh, uh, I threw everything. Um, I like Green Day, I like Foo Fighters, and I like Metallica. Like those are my all the go time to's. go to yeah, I could sure. listen to any of their stuff and it's gonna be good and they put out more stuff and it's good, you know, like all the time and like for years, you know. So like those are my go to's. Any, yeah. any military hangar with helicopters in it across the country, gonna have one of those three bands playing it at some point during the day. <laughs> <laughs> it's a given. <laughs> <laughs> it's a given. Larry, let's talk about let's talk about 2015. Let's reminisce about that dreadful day uh in Gainesville at the Gator Nationals when you decided to uh go for a a ride that will uh continue uh, over 2 million views online <laughs> on YouTube for your for your horrendous crash. What what can you can you take us back, paint us a picture, put us in the car for our listeners and uh, tell us about that day and what transpired quickly after that day when you were cleared? I got 62 wins and you want to go there. That's it, man. <laughs> yeah. Way to, way to fail. Dog. Hey, like, easy. On, easy. Like, hey, hey, hey. Easy. Yeah, I, it, it, it's like, it's I'm so, never talking to these knuckleheads ever again. <laughs> no, I'm if, if I can be here to talk about it, it wasn't that bad. You know, like it, it, it really, uh, it really wasn't. Uh, I mean, it was a bad deal. Like, um, unfortunately there's been five of those and I've been in two of those. Lamatina. Yep, into, I, 
I drove for him and uh, Phil, he listens to the podcast and uh, yeah, he told me about that. And we referenced you a lot when we were, when I went down there and, and he showed me in the car, they still have it up in the, in the rafters. And I was just like, yeah, Damn. it's uh, you can't, that, I mean, how, how I personally like feel about it. It's like, if I, um, that car, that cockpit that, that I'm in and all my safety equipment that I got on, it's there to protect me, you know, through everything. If I've got to depend on Goodyear or if I got to depend on the front end staying on the car for my safety, like I'm, I'm in trouble. I shouldn't be driving, you know, like, but I've got so much faith in, in this, you know, the safety equipment, the Hans device. I mean, I, you know, unfortunately going through it twice, you know, like once in 2000 and then again, 15 years later in 2015, um, I really thought the one in 2015 was way more severe. I mean, the crash box said 100 and 109 G's when I landed. So, and, um, and I walked away and, and the first one in 2000, I, I helicoptered out, you know, the broken leg and a black eye and split helmet and all kinds of things happened to me on that first one. So to be able to walk away from the second one, not, not that I want to just go out there and just test all the safety equipment and see how it works, but, <laughs> But, but it, it, it's, I, I have, what's funny is, and I'm going to jump off of it and I'll come right back, is that it, you're all through your whole driving career, you're trying to get on Good Morning America and Today Show and CNN and Fox and Friends and all that stuff. And they like, you haven't, you haven't won anything and then you win and then it's like, you haven't won enough. Then you win championships and you still haven't done enough. And it's like, okay, it's never going to happen. And then you do that. you fly through the air and you're on television and then all of a sudden they're like scouting your website to find phone numbers to somehow get a hold of you so you can be on their show and it's like if they really want you they'll find you you know yeah it it just i hadn't done enough you know it wasn't exciting enough until then but those people are like and you want to you go through all that and you want to get back on in the car like are you crazy and i'm like Maybe I am, but like I went through all of that and that car took care of me. Like I can't go get back in that car. It's like, you know, people that get in uh, accidents on the, on the highway or the, what you're not going to get back in your regular car and go back up. Of course you are, you know, like you're, you're, you're taking for granted that like all your safety equipment, everything's going to take care of you. And, and it, and it did. And so it's like, when I, when I sit in that car and I am like strapped in, like, either car single seater two seater and it's like man i feel so like not invincible but just like my car's going to take care of me like and if you if you don't have that feeling in the car you i don't know how you can drive it like and just with that kind of confidence and it's like oh, yeah. i feel safer in the in the top uh, field car than i do on the freeway on the 405 freeway on the 405 uh, 405 yeah i mean you you gotta i mean yeah because it's like you're prepared for bad things to happen you know like you got a helmet and a head neck restraint seven point harness and you've got all these things head pads and all this stuff to take care of you um Mm -hmm. in case bad things happen so it's there for you to cash in you knew that was going to happen to you when you jumped on the the 405 then (laughs) you'd uh you'd have a helmet you'd have all this other stuff going on because you got nope. a better chance of it so it's uh i don't know i mean that i've done a i've i've, I've been through a lot of stuff in, in those cars but they they've always taken care of me so that's uh i got i love them that's a definitely a good way to look at it 
right from the horse's mouth. No, for <laughs> sure. I mean, you better you better trust what it is that you're getting in, because oh, if 100%. not, you, that's yeah, for sure. You're yeah. That at that point, somebody needs to ask you if you're crazy if you don't trust what you're trust what you're getting in equipment wise. Hey, Cam. Yes, Don. Do you ever think about how crammed your trailer is when you go race? Dude, all the time. Race cars, golf carts, jets, power wheels, and all of his toys, his little dirt bikes, his strider bikes, all that stuff. I'm crammed. But I'm sure everybody in motorsports is feeling the same way. Well, now our audience has someone to call. They need to call Lance at lbtrailers.com. Lance is carrying over 70 motorsports haulers in stock options from top to bottom. We always talk about looking the part in motorsports, traveling up and down the road and at the track. Now you can look the part with LB Trailer Sales. Go to online to lbtrailers.com or stop by Facebook at LB Trailer Sales. You have a friend in the trailer business and make sure to tell them that Racers and Rental Cars sent you. Well, Larry, so bringing that back around, that brought me into this, leading you down this road. So you've survived two pretty horrific crashes, three world championships, a boatload, truck armored number of wins, great resume, team owners, sponsors. I I mean, realistically, you could just check all the blocks down a drag racing resume. And you're a successful business person, yet you're still chasing this passionately feverishly like maybe you probably do need a therapist why <laughs> I, you know everybody's got to have something to get them out of that get themselves out of bed you know in the morning you know it's going to be something you know i mean this is you know i still have fun with these cars i'm not on the full tour but um and not being on the full tour it's kind of allowed me to you know, play with my Chevy too, you know, that I've had literally since high school and getting to do some of the drag week events and Midwest drags and, and, and the like. And it's, I, you know, like I'm a car guy, but I grew up in a car family. So right. but, it's, it's know, a culture, right? Yeah. It's not just what you do. It's, it's also, it's your life, regardless of whether you're going 60 miles an hour or 300. I mean, I, you know, Dale Jr., you know, he grows up in his house. He's racing stock cars, you know, like, I mean, that's just kind of, um, you know, it's kind of what your environment is and, and, uh, I dig it. And it's, uh, you know, like I'm not ready to, you know, sell the farm just to like be out there. It's like, it has to make sense, you know, like whatever you're doing, it's gotta make sense. You know, like, you know, like you're, you're not going to hawk your house to go, no, I love that when you're like, no, I'm not going to, and you shouldn't, you know what? Hell no. If you miss that race, you know what? There'll be one two weeks later, you know, like it'll, it'll be okay. You know, like when it makes sense, you do it, you know, you know, and you just, but you got to have, you got to have some kind of passion, you know, how how are you going to be good at anything if you ain't passionate about it? Right. I mean, I know your kid, I know your kids are pretty into sports, right? Or or, yeah. yeah. They don't Uh, ever, they never got the racing bug or you told them no. (laughs) No, uh, you know, they all wanted to race juniors. And I said, okay, well, if we're going to do juniors, you know, like we're going to go karting first, you know, like I, I really wanted them to get that seat of the pants feel, you know, turn right, turn left, you know, just because 
in my opinion, going straight is a lot easier than turning right and turning left. And when the car doesn't turn, you know, go straight, you need to know what to do. And so, so like I wanted him to do it. So like we have we've got a really nice uh, road course outside of town here in Indy, uh, Newcastle at the Dismore zone and a one mile road course. It's beautiful. And, I, you know, I've taken it all out there to go and, you know, uh, and, and the deal was it's like you want to race juniors, we'll go karting. You podium, you don't even have to win. You podium, then and you done with it, then we can go uh we can go race juniors. But I want to know that you can get behind it and and just that seat of the drive it, right. Um and they oh, that's cool. you know, all of them have done it, and you're like, eh, you know, like I'm like, well, I go, if you don't do good at the karting, like you can't do the juniors, not like in our house, you know, and and they're like, eh. So like they didn't want it that bad. So none of them. And that's that perfectly fine. You know, and, that, and, and that, that's okay. like same with my kid. Yeah. If you don't want to do it, whatever. My, yeah. My daughter's, uh, she's, uh, um, she's on the varsity soccer team, uh, in high school. Um, my youngest son, you know, he plays, uh, um, while well, he's in seventh grade right now, he plays basketball. My oldest son, he's in college. Um, so it's, and he played ball when he was in, you know, all the way from gosh, kindergarten all the way up. So, um, it's, uh, the sports thing, you know, uh, I think it's good. It's good for, uh, you know, that competition, but, um, it's not, I don't care what any of them do. Like, it isn't like, oh, you have to race or something like that. It's like, no, like my, my, my feeling is, is it's like, you have like on the back of your Jersey, it's got your name on it. It says Dixon. Proud of what you do. I want, I, you know, like I care about like our name and like, you're going out there and you're hitting it and you're like, you're doing well, but I don't, I don't care what they do. Like, I mean, I really don't, but whatever you do, I want them to do be well the best. Yeah, yeah. Be the best you can be at it. Yeah. And that, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't just half-ass it. Right. That's what my parents yeah. always told me. They're like, you can do whatever you want. Just don't do it half-ass. <laughs> okay. So yeah. That's cool. Not bad yeah. advice. All right. Yeah. So that being said, got to be passionate about it. Our our listeners, he's got a top fuel two seater dragster ride along experience over your shoulder. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that that's taking passion to the next level. If if we can have a scale of level, there's one thing for you to be selfish and you just be the driver of the car. It's another for you to take your passion and apply that and allow individuals to get in the seat in front of you or wait actually behind you correct and especially with everything i've had to do because of it <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's either de- well, there is that let's let- <laughs> or he's or he's nuts <laughs> uh, right so let, let's let's no. dive into that let's talk about how the how the ride along program took off how you came about and where we're at with it now. The, it, it really, it, it came about um, probably going to Pomona, sitting in traffic on the way to the winter nationals um, the year after um, I was out at Vandergriff's. And it's like, man, what am I going to do? Cause it's like, I, I don't want to keep doing this. And it's like, I really thought about a, Two seat, and it's like, gosh, they got two seaters in Formula One and IndyCar, NASCAR. Moto GP has a two seater. I saw that. 
Homeboy just climbed like a freaking koala bear on the back of that thing. 180 miles an hour on the back of a, you know, in your It's like, looks like Harry and Lloyd, dumb and dumber. Just go, man. So, like, there's all kinds of two-seaters, and we have some, but, like, the, the ones that we have, like, you could literally buy a Hellcat off of the showroom floor and run quicker than the two-seaters in our sport. And it's like, I've talked to a lot of people, like, through my years, and I got a few of them under my belt. And it's like, you know, like, oh, that would be awesome to, to go down the track in a top fuel car. Would you, would you want to... Uh, uh, would you want to do it? Like go for a ride? Oh yeah. Would you want to drive? Oh hell no. Like nobody wants to drive one of these cars, but they love to know the feeling. And it's like, you know, so that that's kind of like got the wheels in motion. And I mean, to, to shorten it up a little bit, it's like, well, you know, you know, one, can it be insured and two, can it be built safely? You know, and those are the things that kind of, you do your due diligence ahead of time and, and uh, ha- got with Murph McKinney, you know, that built uh, quite a few of my, you know, cars that won championships and wins and designed a program uh, and did the FEA uh, testing on it, you know, on a program. And actually the structure of the car, it, it's, <laughs> it, it actually uh, is safer than a traditional top fuel car. And it's like when you load a traditional top fuel car, you see the hot spots in it and you see where like my car broke, like it, you know, it's all that shows up. So it's the real deal. Um, so, and this car doesn't have those hot spots in it. So it can be built safe or safer. Um, so you take all that stuff and uh, um, uh, not to go into heavy details, but I did make a present presentation to the, to the people that, uh, meant the most in my life and they were, uh, they were for it. And so, uh, you know, and so I went ahead with it and, um, uh, on that and they had recommendations on how the car should be built. And, and, uh, and I followed all of that stuff. So I built the car and then uh, tested the car and then debuted the car. And then, um, then things, uh, think things kind of went awry then, but, um, and then I didn't have the same friends that I had. <laughs> That's right. I don't have any. I don't have any friends now either. It's fine. When, when the mute, when the music stopped, everybody else was sitting at me. <laughs> everybody else had a chair, but you. Wait a so minute. Wait. Uh, what? Yeah, but it's uh, um, but I, uh, but let me tell you, like, and going through all of that, you know, taking this car out last year and giving Daryl Russell's dad a ride in the car. And, and when his son, Chris talked to me about him wanting to do that for his dad, give him a ride. And I was like, ah, that's cool. You know, like, so he could check it out and go top racing. And then when we get there and what it was about, like him wanting to be like, you know, closer and try and figure out what his son was so ate up about top fuel racing. It was like, I was bawling like, and he's hugging yeah, me start and, like, all out. of this. And it's like, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Like, and I'm being able to like give people that kind of feeling, you know, like for the rest of their lives. And, you know, like I'm going to be arrested over it. And, you know, like, I, you know, the only person sitting at the bar with me is Pete Rose. 
You know, like, I mean, that, you know, like that. <laughs> I don't know. That's, hey, I read the, I read the article that Todd Sylvie wrote about, about your weekend uh there and oh it drags him yes and it was an awesome article and the photos i mean todd was was great with with the wording uh painted a really good picture and of course his photography that went along with it for what you did uh but yeah that's a you got to think about that's a a young living legend that was taken too soon and here it is somebody's trying trying to figure out why what what it was and that's that's an i mean it's an awesome opportunity i think um you know the more and more research that i continue to do about the just the prevailing sfi umbrella that seemed that phrase that just continued to to come up uh it just concerned me that the more and more i dug and dug how many of the other sanctioning bodies they they're their ride-along cars are not sfi'd anything uh they're just built by sanctioning body specs if you will uh with suggested guidelines they're 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 just they're just they're built and they get the green light or they don't get the green light yep and a car that is green lighted it can change hands and then it's not green lighted anymore (laughs) correct just who owns the car gets the green light. Yep. So it's, uh, uh, I mean, it, it's not, uh, <laughs> I know way more than I ever cared to know about. For experience whole- cards. Yeah. 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 The more but, and more, you know, because, and you, you probably do know because of the research that you had to, but not too long ago uh, from where I live at in Evansville, um, there was a uh, deadly crash at Kentucky Speedway with, Rusty Wallace's ride-along experience, driving experience cars, um, about three years ago. And this little part of the country blew up because we do have, obviously, you know that, you have ride-along experience right there in Brownsburg at that Lucas Oil Speedway. They have him here in Kentucky Speedway on regular. Um, and it just turned into this fiasco. And I remember having a conversation with Rusty at PRI uh, after that, and he goes, you know, he goes, that's why we have great insurance, why we build the cars the way we do, and we don't shortcut. And it was a freak accident, and and you know, it was a horrific, you know, tragic event. He goes, but it wasn't done maliciously. It wasn't done because we didn't, you know, take the precautionary steps. He goes, and and we're going to continue on, and people are going to continue to sign up and 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 ride along, and and he's absolutely right. I mean, you're good. The, the potential of a freak accident is just like getting on the highway and and having something happen. But uh, yeah, there's not a lot of um, let's say per se governing regulations that goes along with these ride along experiences. They're typically managed by the sanctioning body, uh, and I think it's very unique that uh, our particular sanctioning body kind of picks and chooses when they green light or red light certain projects uh, based off what they think is uh, feasible. It's uh, I, I just, when it was still in paper and it was presented, I, I really wish that uh, they were more transparent on the feeling of it than, than they are now, because that would have saved me a, I, I would have never done this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, like I've, I, I tell people like, you know, not only was I drinking the Kool-Aid, I was helping make 
the Kool-Aid, you know, like I, <laughs> you like, were stirring I, the, <laughs> stirring the jug. But, but the, but the problem is, is there's an awful lot, as you can see, there's a pretty good size investment here, you know, and it's like, it's hard to, oh, okay, you know, like, let's just go do something else. You know, it's like, no, like it, it's, it's done. It's, it's here. So, um, but, but going back to like the, the, the risk side of things, I mean, it's, yeah, it, 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 bad things, bad things can happen with nobody riding in the car. Like you're just driving down the racetrack, you know, or you're jumping out of an airplane skydiving. I mean, driving it's like, to the racetrack. It's if, if you're scared, then don't get in the car, you know, like you don't, you know, whether it's the front seat or the back seat, don't get in the car. Like if, if, if you're scared, but, but, you know, from a, but, but on, on the, um, the safety side of things, like, I mean, if this car didn't have, you know, a rear seat, you know, it could pass for, uh, you know, it could pass tech for top fuel, you know, and run, except that it's got a back seat. So, <laughs> but, back, damn back seat drivers, the, you, know? you know, on the insurance side and the waivers and releases and all of that stuff, um, the IndyCar experience, which is, you know, operates right down the street. They've been to the shop that like, they've got an open like door policy with me. It's like, they, you know, I've been around the racetrack with Mario and like been in the office and they like, they've helped me out with so much of that stuff that they've done. I mean, they've been operating that deal for over 20 years and, and uh, successfully, you know, and I mean, that car, that car spun out. I mean, it's like, the, and the, and the, and the, the ones that have like spun out, they're like, wow, this is awesome. You know, like, I mean, that's like, it, if you're getting in a car like that, you're, you're, you're somewhat of a thrill seeker. Like you, you want to be, you know, like Cam, why do you get in a top field car? Yeah. It's cause it's freaking awesome. And yeah. I mean, there's nothing the, like the same person that, that doesn't want to drive it, but still wants to get that feeling. hundred percent. That, that's yeah. who the backseat's for, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's a, um, I don't, you know, I have no idea where it'll go and all that. You know, I've, I've got, uh, I got rides booked, actually sold a ride yesterday. So it's like, I'm doing, you know, doing some smaller events, you know, at different tracks, going to Memphis, going to Martin, Michigan, which are beautiful facilities, you know, uh, used to be NHRA tracks and, and, and the such. So it's, uh, um, nice places, uh, go to Eddyville again, uh, this year. They, they gave away a ride last year. You know, like yes, you know, they, they came out of and uh, a husband and wife signed up to get into the raffle, you know, like deal, like to, to try and win. And, uh, and, uh, um, I pulled the wife's name out of the uh, hat and, uh, the husband was mad because <laughs> he for <laughs> and she wasn't giving it up. And, and she had no. the, the other kind of fun factor with the car too and it's like we have it calmed down a little bit because we don't want to make it just smoke the tires like that can you know happen when you're on whipped up to 10 um it's been low et and top speed of the meet wherever we've gone not trying you know like That's cool. yeah how many rides do you try to do a year i mean do you shoot for a certain amount or just kind of hey whenever somebody calls books you just schedule it well it insurance for it would start to like make more sense after like ride 50. <laughs> so, wow. I, 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 
that would be nice. You know, we're nowhere near that. Uh, you know, I mean, it's been, you know, three, four, five, six a year kind of thing. Yeah. So it's, uh, um, uh, few and far between it. It's, it's made it a little bit challenging because, you know, my business model, when I laid it all out, it was like whoever was going to go in the back seat, it was going to be free to them because you were going to have vendors and racetracks and all that stuff, do giveaways and like contest winners and, and stuff like that. That's so how it originally started, right? That, yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that was, that was the whole idea behind it. You yeah, know, like okay. some pass through marketing how, going how, on. How fun would that be? You know, not, not only you know, like not even having to pay for it, you know, just go for a ride for free and and that's really you know how it's built uh it bit the business model side of it was built and so having to do it not like that you know and not being able to go to some of these other racetracks it really it, it's kind of shut, shut the door on some of that stuff so it's a uh, I'm, I'm i'm trying to make it survive and you know cr- cross a, a few uh um you know let it let it be a bucket list item for for people and uh let them get a taste of it it's doing everything that i had hoped and 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 uh dreamed it would do so it's just um you know we're not giving 50 rides away you know you you know you're gonna do you know a half dozen dozen rides that kind of thing you know it's not gonna um it's not gonna be a full-time gig but it's gonna be a fun-time gig cool that's awesome yeah i like that all right, Larry. Well, we're going to close out the show and I don't think we've offended anybody yet. So we got like one last ditch effort here to offend somebody. So <laughs> Don's really good at trying to offend yeah, people. Yeah, it's, so It's the military you know. in me. Sorry. Uh, so first question, you get to send one Christmas card to somebody in motorsports. Who's it going to? Somebody in motorsports. Oh, a Christmas card? Yep. That's a great question. One one card. A good Christmas card. Yeah, this is a good Christmas card. Um, Graham Light. Hey, <laughs> how about that? All right. Like that. Not exactly where we were going or where <laughs> I thought you were going, but okay. All right. Well, let's see where we go on this one. You get to send one WTF card. To one person in motorsports, who's it going to? Oh gosh, um. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that. <laughs> oh, okay. Now I'm going down, down to third in line. Uh, oh, we've yeah, had I some. Don't... We've had some doozies on here. Trust me. Yeah, gosh, I don't, you know, like I'm not, uh, um, to, to the, uh, I don't, I don't know, man. Like really, like I don't, the list is that long. (laughs) Yeah, no, not at all. Like I don't, I don't really have, I don't let, I don't let too much stuff like bother me to the point where it's, you know, it was like 15 years ago and you're still going like WTF. WTF. <laughs> yeah, no, because it's like, you, you, you would think I should be going crazy because of, you know, like what's, you know, like what's happened with me personally and this, and it's like, I'm just like, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna ride it out. I'm gonna be here for a long time. Like I I, I I'm it's not God's got a plan. You know, I don't know. I ain't got a clue what it is. You know, like, um, <laughs> and sometimes I question, you know, like, but, but it's, I, I, I'm good, man. Like I'm in a good place. I don't like, you know, I, I could, I could probably ask, you know, like, you know, like some of the logic that goes on with some of the decisions that, that, that take place in, in a lot of different areas, but it ain't, you know, but I ain't in their shoes, you know, like I'm, I'm not, so I don't know, man, I'm, I'm, I'm all right, man. I'll just keep grinding. You know? we, we got, we got and, a, and, we got a hard pass on the WTF card from the three time. There is going to go with the, uh, man plaid plans. God laughs. Yes, <laughs> I like it. All right. Well, right. here, so, well then, okay. I, I like that. Well, I saw that the other day. I figured I'd throw it out there. Well then nice. how about we do this? What what's let's ask Larry the three time champ. Let's ask him what his opinion of starting line procedures. Oh, dude, really? What? <laughs> what? What I say? He likes. See, he always tries to stir shit up. What? What I say? We went all winter. We went all winter. How many episodes without going there? Five. Five. <laughs> Damn it, that didn't sound as good as I thought. <laughs> do, you, do you know, like, well, I, I've been around long enough, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look <laughs> at it. It's like, you, you know, everything that you can do on the starting line that you could really do has been taken away from you. Like, you, there, you know, there didn't used to be auto start. Like, so it's like, if you don't want to, if you don't want to engage, roll the car in, you know, like pretty stage stage. Like nobody can mess with you if you do that. Right. So, and, and there's not a rule against deep staging or not deep staging or any, like you can't. So like, you're, I, I'm not going to, I had somebody tell me one time because like, and it wasn't like I was getting mad about it or anything like that, but it was like, like when you're on top, you know, people are going to be taking shots. And, 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 uh, I had a really, really close friend tell me this. He goes, he goes, you know what you call that? And I said, what's that? Respect. You know, like it, it's just respect, man. Like if you're the champ, you know, like you gotta, you gotta rise up. Well, you, you gotta be, you, you gotta know people are going to go out there and play, but, you know, but the way that the playground is, you know, the boxing ring on the starting line, there, there isn't anything uh, you can't, you can't trick, mess, do anything to anybody on anything on, on the starting line. It's like, if you don't want to, if you don't want to engage, don't engage, roll in. Like I seen that uh, a few years ago, uh, gosh, it's been longer than a few years ago. But uh, Matt Hagen and Tasca were on the starting line and staging. I don't, re- you know, like Hagen didn't I, want to stage first, and I don't even remember because uh, again, but but all of a sudden they both were like sitting there, and neither one of them would go, and then the the one runs out of fuel or runs it down, and it's like you don't want to play, just roll in, like roll in and stage. The other guy got seven seconds, That's and it. if he don't roll in, he get timed out, and you win. Like it's not. You don't want to play, don't engage. You know, it, it's, it's, 
that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, See, hey, I'm like Larry. I just, just let it be. Hey, <laughs> hey it's it is. You're absolutely right. I remember, like two weeks ago, I you talk about Diamond P watching old school. I had it on YouTube and was watching the old NHRA with Steve Evans, and they're talking about the the starting line games and it is it was long before we had auto start and there there was so many different ways to try to manipulate the situation on the starting line but the one thing about it is like you said is that if you just stage you're i mean the burden is off of you and it's on to somebody else uh but nonetheless that's a yeah well i drove for don perdome and and like he absolutely liked to go in last and everybody knew it. And it was like, so if, if <laughs> there, was only gonna be sta- there was only going to be a staging battle if you didn't go in first. <laughs> you know, like, so, and, and I'm working for them. But like, if, again, you're engaging, you know, like if you want a battle, then you put the gloves on and you box, you know. And if you don't want to, you roll your car in and there's nothing to battle, you know, because the guy has to go in. Like, it, it's not a big fight. But like... I, you talk about Diamond P. I remember Indy one year racing the funny car and Mike Dunn um, and, and Snake are racing. And it was like Paisano, you know, like and uh, and uh, they neither one wanted to stage first. And then Mike finally went in. I don't even remember who went in, you know, I'm like, we still won. But it was like it was such a big deal. And I remember Garlitz and he was up. He was doing the color. And he's like, I don't remember. He said he goes. I don't see anywhere in the rule book says Don Perdome has to stage last. You know, it's like, no, there are no rules, man. It's just do what you got to do. But you know, if, uh, if, uh, if, if you can race somebody and get a rise out of them, that's a good thing to have in your back pocket at some point in time. I never, I'd never show anybody my cards. Even if I was uptight, I didn't because it's like, cause then you could exploit it. There's your tell. Like you said, you got four aces. That's it. You got that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Larry, tell everybody as we let you go where they can find out about the Nitro Times 2 experience. Um, social media. My, my, huge, my huge social media team is with me right now. <laughs> oh, it's just me. So, uh, if, if you if you want to if you want to talk, actually, just put in a new Facebook page together um, called Top Fuel Experience. So you like you can uh, 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 you can go there. But like, there's a Larry Dixon Racing Facebook page that that I've been on for uh, quite a while with it, um, and then Instagram and Twitter at at Dixon Top Fuel. Um, that's the best way. I've got LarryDixon.com and it's got all those links as well. Um, you can go to the website and you can get like Nitro Times 2 and, and you can and, and, it, and, and it's got the, the official warning symbol so everybody knows that might, you're not. I might need uh, that t-shirt. I'm thinking, I'm thinking I might need one before yeah. I got, show up in Charlotte. I'm thinking so. I, I know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Everything in motorsports is knowing a guy. That's right. I got a guy. That's it. I got a guy. Well, yeah. Larry, you guys got a great show. I really appreciate you guys having me on it. You know, no, thank um, you. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's cool. Um, 
you know, I appreciate you letting me uh, talk and, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, when you, when you get, uh, when you get about six seconds, you know, during your, the, the race broadcast to be able to like, let people know who you are. It's really tough. You got to do a lot of races at six seconds at a time. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and even still then. So it's, yeah. uh, I, I think what you guys are doing is uh, really cool and uh, I hope it keeps going. Man. Thank you. Thank I appreciate you. that, Larry. Thank you very much. Have a good evening. And uh, thank you. hopefully we'll see you on the road out there this year. Yeah. Hope, yeah. Swing by. Yeah. Or I'll look you up when I'm in Indy or something. Uh, uh, it, not to steal a line from Motel 6, but, but I'll, I'll leave the top light out for you. <laughs> like, Boom. That was way better than a WTF <laughs> car. <laughs> Have a good evening, Larry. Have Thank a good you. one, Larry. Thank you. you. Guys, take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Sir. Camp, dude. Look, you can't get dude, any cooler. Awesome. <laughs> you can't get any cooler than him taking a punch right out the bag as he as he exits the show. Uh, I, I mean, for me, it. I mean, when we get to have somebody like Larry Dixon on the show, it's like having Brett Kepner on the show. Or, uh, and Clay you know what Miller was really can, cool for me on on the whole thing, like <clears throat> you know, being a kid aspiring to be a Larry Dixon in the world, like he even said it himself at the very beginning. Like, you know, I, you know, I don't want racing to define me. Like I'm a person, I'm my family and my name and my kids and all that, my wife, that's number one, a most important, which is what I always, I always say as well, but the guy's got a really good personality. Like, you don't, like he said, you don't get to see that. Like, I want to go have a, a Miller light with this guy. Like, well, I mean, I don't know. We how, can have probably a damn good time. I don't know how long his endorsement deal, you know, in the contract with Miller is. I don't know if he's sure got, he's got it, some stuff he's got in his basement right, somewhere. He's got to be somewhere in there. But I mean, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I grew up in that era, if you will, uh, or not really grow up, but I was already grown up um, from that point of view. Uh, in the military traveling and the beer wars and, and, and just the fact that he was driving for snake and then he went and drove for Alan Johnson. I mean, he just, he constantly was, he had the deal. He had the program. He, you know, I'm sure like probably most r- racers were thinking about Tony Schumacher for so long in the army. He had the program. Um, and that's, you know, what, what they wanted to go with. But, uh, that's really cool tonight to uh, get a chance to uh, spend some time with him and, and everything that he's doing uh, currently. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh, super cool to talk. That's honestly, I, this show has, has been able to, to bring me closer to, to some of my idols and actually even driving top fuel, which is weird to say. Um, like I always say, uh, people, people, uh, come up, talk to me more about racers, rental cars podcast than they do about my driving career. So, um, maybe we're doing something right. So it's Dude, super cool. I'm totally with you on that. I'm, I'm beginning to think that I'm, we're going to end up probably more famous because we have this ridiculous podcast show than the fact that we really do enjoy holding on to a steering wheel and racing. Uh, so hey, not whatever, not, whatever it takes to make the world go around. That, that's it. That's it. Man, Give people what they want. Yeah. Well, we're trying, we're trying. So we've had uh, a great show catch up on some tidbits as Tuesday as we're recording this for those that don't know, there's been some uh, great announcements and some horrific announcements, if you will, some tragedy 
uh, Ron Caps Holler on the way to testing today. Um, caught a blaze, if you will. I yeah, not uh, as as of the time of this recording, have not seen any photos yet, uh, and have not heard if uh, they were able to finally get the hauler door down to see how much damage uh, was going on uh, or took place. Um, also, that being said, Antron Brown uh, made uh, his announcement uh, of starting AB Racing, if you will, as a team owner, and obviously with Brian Carardi, which is another worst-kept secret ever. Uh, but I think <laughs> probably the best part of the announcement was the fact that Global, um, Steve and Samantha Bryson and the Glavins, Tom and uh, or Pat, rather, uh, and Trevor. Galvin. Galvin. They're coming over uh, to be yep. a part of the Matco team with Global Electronic. So that's uh, big news. And then we had the big drop on Monday with Sean Langdon. Uh, another horribly kept secret going back to Top Fuel with DHL uh, on board. So, and then I uh, have to give a huge shout out to the Nitro Fish, the Koretsky coming to drive pro stock. So that's a that's a big oh, news. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. See that? There's a lot of pro stock. It seems like there was more more pro stock stuff going on than uh, than uh, anything else, really. Oh, well, the pro stock is going to be off the chain this year with the number of cars that are that are out there. With the Quadras announcing their program with Nick Ferrer, um, obviously the Elite Camp with their six cars, uh, KB uh, in their camp, uh, Matt Hartford. Uh, heading over to the KB camp, Jason Line announcing his retirement, uh, Koretsky coming in, uh, Bo Butner deciding to throw his hat in the ring. He's going to be racing top sportsman the next two national events at Pomona and Phoenix, driving a brand new Ford Mustang with, wait for it, yes, a factory stock showdown engine uh, oh, wow. uh, underneath the front end. So I'm I'm calling you out now, Bo. Uh, match race time, Ford on Chevy. I think that would be kind of cool. Uh, two factory stock deals uh, having at it. But uh, he's going to be driving for Mr. Hodge in his Ford uh, dealership and their teammates in the factory stock side. So that announcement came out today. So that's really cool. And I'm trying to think if there's any other announcements on the drag racing side. Um. I don't think there I don't think I can think of any other big announcements in NASCAR sponsors. I mean, we're literally like a week, seven days, something like that away from uh Daytona. So a lot of those announcements have pretty much all set sail. They're done now. And uh yeah, this weekend they're gonna be spinning wheels in Orlando to kick off division two. The twenty twenty points chase is alive and well. And you're gonna be nice. you're gonna be getting ready for Pomona. Yeah, yeah. I got dude, I have so much to do when this is when this is launching. We gotta finish up a couple couple things for some customers on the Braco side. I gotta do a few things to the motorhome still. And super comp car ready for Angie and then um, do all the launch stuff for the top field stuff. So definitely got a lot going on this week and then throw in a little bit of teaching over there at Cheetos college. And <laughs> We're never going to get any marketing money out of them. No, do your students, do your students even know that you do this? Yeah, some of them do. 
Oh my God. Do they come in and say, why do you call it Cheetos college? Why does the guy call it <laughs> Cheetos college? No, they think it's funny. You like that? He'll be funny, but I will, I will finish on, uh, I do want to send my condolences to the Bryant family and everyone else that was on the helicopter that, uh, that did go down, uh, I guess last week at this point in time, um, that did really hit home here for a lot of orange County residents that, uh, that I live around and by, I didn't know Kobe personally, but his wife, I went to high school with, and I mean, we didn't hang out or anything, but I mean, it's, it's local enough to, I mean, that type of thing. They lived in Newport, I live in Huntington. There's a lot of people, you know, the OCC coach, Orange Coast College, that's where I went to junior college. So my, my cousin was coaches with him and all that. So, um, I do offer my condolences and wish everyone the best with, uh, you know, how they move forward. I, it's a, I can't even, can't even fathom the, the situation that, that all those things, those people are, uh, are going through and it makes me feel really bad, especially being a parent. And I, I can't, I just can't. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, that was, that was a, a, horrific and tragic event for to to take place especially anytime it, for me it's a helicopter so uh yeah we do have a tendency to fall out of the sky uh but it was a horrible uh deal and uh i think we'll talk about this later on another show but it was a horrible fact that uh the authorities uh didn't get a chance to notify the family that it came over social media first that was uh probably the one takeaway that i was kind of a missed about um, yeah that's not good. the way yeah that's not the way you want to find out that uh, a loved one in your and your daughter uh passed away but checking out your twitter feed on tmz so, right yeah so well hey highlight go out with a highlight don't forget racers and rental car swag get you that's some right. swag 2020 seasons kicking off uh stupid fast so you're getting ready to kick off on the West Coast. Get yourself some swag at the events. Get it online. Go to the store. Stop by. Check it out. Rate, review, subscribe all across our platforms. Tell your friends. I mean, I hate to say it. Tito's did it best. But, man, tell five of your closest friends to give us a listen as we go into 2020. Uh, and uh, with that being said, Cam, I got a suitcase to pack. I got to catch a plane in the morning at 6 a.m. Go watch my daughter graduate as we're recording this so i should be uh saturday i'll be coming home while this is dropped and she will be an official airman in the united states air force and uh so uh, nice congrats yeah congrats to her and uh her setting off her ways and for her future but uh other than that dude take us out of here and uh sweet thanks for yeah, showing well, up tonight can... dude i was one minute late get out of town but yeah, uh, you kind of already did it, but uh, we also want to give a big shout out to uh, Motion Raceworks for all of your uh, hot rod cool parts needs. PDS, Performance Data Systems, Stupid Fast Racing, Streetway Marketing Media, and of course, racersandrentalcars.com. But you already knew that. So um, yeah, I guess I'll see you next week. Later. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Racers and Rental Cars podcast. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Motion Raceworks, Performance Data Systems, Streetway Marketing and Media, and Stupid Fast Racing. 
and racersandrentalcars.com. Let's